Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of OK, Now What? Uh, this week, we have Jason and Thomas and me, Greg. Um, so let's actually start on a good note this week, because I listened to y'all last week. That was some depressing shit. Um, so on a good note, the former uh, Minneapolis police officer who knelt on George Floyd's neck for more than nine minutes last year was found guilty on Tuesday of all three charges against him in uh, one of the most, I mean, there, there are some consequences after this tri trial. Like now we need to actually hold people accountable. We get to, and there's no excuse after this. The system finally worked once. That means, that means that they have a choice whether it works or not. They have a clear choice whether they want the justice system to work right now. And we need to ho keep holding them accountable. Uh, to give more detail, um, Derek Chauvin uh, was convicted of second degree unintentional murder, um, third degree murder, and second degree manslaughter. Um, so, Jason, go ahead and give me your initial thoughts on the verdict, um, your reaction uh, to it. What did you expect? Um, I knew that, um, that, the, that the city had prepared for um, riots, that the, that the governor, I, oh, I had post, I, I had shared an article that, that, um, Jiminy Christmas. Where was the trial held? Was it held in Minnesota? I believe Minneapolis. Is it, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, but but I I think uh, I think there were so I heard that some people were preparing for there to be riots, um, and that kind of kind of went along with my feeling that you know um, if if we don't get what we need to get out of this particular trial. Um, then, then there's going to be some real trouble, and I think there was the anticipation of that, and so people were preparing. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm glad the jury did the right thing. You know, I, I feel like we have uh, very much a cult of police worship in this country. Uh, it has historically been extremely difficult uh, to prosecute cops for um, for almost anything. Uh, it's a very rare thing when it happens, and I think we need to remember that uh, had. Um, and I'm I'm embarrassed. I'm forgetting the girl's name, uh, but the young girl, 17 year old girl, who filmed that, when the police were telling her to stop filming, and she kept filming it. I mean, she's a hero. Uh, and and if that video had not been there, uh, uh, we wouldn't have, we just there would have been no ju uh, justice for George Floyd. And I and I think, um, you know. Uh, unfortunately, with what happened in Columbus, Ohio, uh, less than an hour later, the the feeling of, you know, some kind of victory was very short lived. Um, but, you know, it, yeah, in this instance, uh, justice prevailed. And <clears throat> I'm sad to say, I don't think it's going to be enough to make any real changes to the system. That's that's where I am right now. I mean, I, th I think we have to be on it and pressuring uh constantly if we're actually going to get any real real change in the system i don't think that this one trial is 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 that linchpin where you know um i i, I do think I, I agree with what shama swan said which is you know had there not been massive protests following 
um, George Floyd's murder, uh, we would we would not have had this outcome in this trial. Uh, and so, do we every time there is an incident like we saw uh, last week with Adam Toledo? What's going to happen with the Adam Toledo trial? Are we going to have to march in the street for Adam Toledo? Is there going to be there's there going to have to be that kind of pressure, that kind of public pressure? every time a cop kills somebody um if there is i don't i don't know i don't know that the the public can sustain that and i don't know if that means we're going to get the overall justice we need meaning meaning meaningful re uh, reform change you know systemic change so we'll see what happens we'll see what happens yeah um before we get to you thomas so the the uh female who Recorded was um, Darnella Fraser. Um, Darnella Fraser, yes. Uh, so yeah, brave so girl. Thank you, uh, Darnella, for doing that. Um, I have a because you were. I don't. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but you were alive when it happened, which was the Rodney King riots. Oh so yeah. A lot of people are comparing this to, you know, mm -hmm. the Rodney King because that was also on video. Mm -hmm. um, do you think? If we had um, a guilty verdict on that one, do you think we would be in a different situation now? Absolutely. And I, I even want to go back. Um, I, I made a, a, a tweet a few days ago about NWA and and uh, Ice Cube and, and Dr. Dre uh, and, and Eazy-E and, and MC Red. And, and if we had listened to what they were saying, we, the collective we, um, and particularly white America had listened to rather than sort of tokenized and commercialize what they were doing and saying, had we actually listened to that message? Had we listened to, uh, uh, what the message was really with boys in the hood? Um, you know, that, that those media, uh, were telling us 30 35 years ago um what we're only just now hearing as a society it seems in the last few years you know they were telling us that 35 years ago the policing is fucked it's racially profiling us um it's it's targeting targeting us um you guys are not investing in our communities um you're you're not investing in our schools and our education um and and had we had we heeded that message 35 years ago, you know, along with the Rodney King, you know, but but I'm even going a little bit before, but along with having justice done. I mean, oh, I was reading about the Rodney King article and I and I forget I forget the names of the officers involved, but you know, they beat the they beat the living shit out of him, you know, and they were happy doing it. There was joy. There was joy in those officers being able to just beat the shit out of Rodney King. Um, and, and, and that should have, that should have been the moment. If nothing else would, was, that should have been the moment for a reckoning on police in our communities. Uh, and it wasn't, you know, so the riots happened, you know, and then all the focus gets on the riots and the rioters and why are these people so angry? You know, and and white America just oh, don't break our property. You know, 
you know, all, oh, you know, I, I understand that you're upset, but, you know, don't, don't break shit, you know, which is exactly the message that Joe Biden came out with um, uh, after the, the, um, oh God, the, the kid, Adam Toledo, um, you know, he was like, just, let's just wait, let's just wait, don't break anything, you know, uh, and we, and really, we we could have listened to what was going on 35 years ago and made some substan substantial changes then. You know, that was when I was a kid, uh, but but we didn't. So. Wow. Well, I mean, let this be known. At least I think now we should start roaring and roaring and roaring on the streets every time it happens. Because if we can get a guilty verdict out of this one, then we need to keep on protesting but thomas please give me your thoughts on the the verdict what was your initial reaction i think um this is it's great but i i think uh to i refuse to rejoice over uh what should be just normal you know it, we, we we shouldn't be settling for crumbs at this point that, that like this yeah, to put it in perspective, seven cops out of 1,500 cops have actually been sentenced for um, killing somebody. Seven. Seven cops out of 1,500 like cases. 2000, the year 2000. Yeah. Huh. yeah. So that, put, that puts in perspective how the system just doesn't work most of the time. You know, I... I, I you know, I, I actually tweeted about, uh, I, I tweeted a reply uh, about the Rodney, the Rodney King affair. And, um, you know, part of me feels like, because during the trial, during the Chauvin trial, um, uh, the police captain and various other people have been the police. I think they just, they just gave, they gave up Chauvin. Like they, 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 they had to sacrifice him in order to uh, stop pressure, uh, and that's part of my. That's part. Of, that's what I think personally. I think that they had. To, they had to. The pressure is so huge uh, that if they, if they, if they didn't sacrifice Chauvin in order to keep the status quo going, um, there would have been more radical. Um, uh, voices right now in terms of like you know you had people on Twitter saying you know we finally got uh, we finally got justice you know this isn't justice like this is this is accountability right there's a massive difference between justice and accountability justice is George Floyd not dying right and George yeah. uh, justice is George Floyd allowing to, uh, being allowed to live till his old age like any normal human being like that's justice. Right. Mm -hmm. um, what we have is accountability um, once in fact I want to point this out the LAPD the day after that if, the day after that um, that verdict they went on like a, a low key strike um, they, they, they stopped uh, they stopped returning calls uh, they came out to things very slowly um, so that, that's the culture Right, they didn't like it, so they literally went on strike the day after the police. Yeah. Um, oh man. Well, I mean, 
and and it, you know, as as we say so many times, how can you reform this? You can't reform this. It's yes. it's so it's so ingrained. It's so ingrained this this idea of you know, like I said in the in the public, I call it a cult of police worship, but within themselves, it's this this idea of exceptionalism that they are actually above the law. They're supposed to yeah. they're supposed to uh, protect and serve, but they in in their own ranks, they believe that they're above the law. Uh, I've said I this think a that of times. just happens when you know you're given this amount of power. Yeah, like look at our politicians. Yeah. The only difference yeah. is that they don't got guns. So I think we got to take it away. You know, we got to, we got to, we, we, we just have to, we just have to take it away. We do. Uh, my, my campaign team is very leery of me using the word abolish the police uh, because then I have to go into a, a giant, uh, uh, you know, in depth, like, okay, here's what it actually means. But, you know, we've. But the, Hey, the, I mean, the, if that takes it to switch, it, swing public, the opinion. police, the police, uh, there's no real accountability. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they take so much public money as compared to other things. You know, if the if the goal of policing is public safety, we're not we're not achieving that goal. So let's think about what else we can do with that money to get those to get those goals of public safety. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's ridic- it's ridiculous what we've got going on and what. You know, every time, every time a, a, a municipality, every time a city or, or, or a county cut, cuts their budget, the, the first thing that goes is social services. The last thing that gets touched, if, if at all, is is policing. That's how, um, you know, that's that's how the d- deep it goes, you know. Mm-hmm. So we got to keep rising up. We got to keep rising up. Um, so I want to go ahead and move on to Nancy Pelosi's tone deaf George Floyd comment. I'm going to go ahead and share that with y'all. So again, thank you, George Floyd, for your life for justice, for being there to call out to your mom. How, how heartbreaking was that? Call out for your mom. I can't breathe. But because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came out for justice, your name will always be synonymous with justice. What the hell? I was in shock when I saw that. I was like, one, you're politicizing it, which is wrong. Two, Imagine not caring enough to make a statement like that. Like, that's a big fuck up. Like, yeah, you can say, oh, um, you know, we're glad that there was something good that came out of it. But, like, it's so hard to, like, I can't even, like, I can't believe people are actually defending this. You know, um, there's it, it's it's sickening, but um, Thomas, go ahead and give me your thoughts on this. Like, what was your reaction when you saw that? Uh, that George Floyd didn't die for just for for some like police justice. Like, he didn't die for a movement. He struggled for his life. 
mm-hmm. for over nine minutes. He wanted to live. Like, I'm sorry, but the idea that he just sacrificed himself is just, uh, I'm sorry. That's just, he's that's not just, a martyr. He's not a martyr. He's not, he's not, he's not. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's not. He's not there to a martyr. Die, is die, die for a cause. Dies for a cause. Yeah, yeah. He uh, and should be alive. Yeah, yeah, and and like, I I think it just goes back to this. The Pelosi comes from the same eras, same sort of eras. Joe Biden, and when Joe Biden made his comments mm-hmm. about um, how. Uh, uh, you know, he made those comments about uh, don't, writing is not the answer. You know, it, can you imagine if Trump said that? Can you imagine if Trump said that on TV? But he said, literally said the exact same thing when he was in office, right? Like writing and, uh, um, you know, uh, protesting the way that they, way they did is not acceptable, regardless of what happens, right? That, that was... That was that was Trump. Trump said that, and now Biden said that. But they all came from they all come from the same era of thinking. I mean, I mean, Nancy Pelosi is Reaganite, and what what did Reagan do during his time in office? You know, the, the things that he did, especially towards Black Lives, and I mean, God, he he restricted gun 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 control just because of the Black Panthers. You know what I mean? Like, like <laughs> that's how racist he was. Um, so, you know, this, I'm, I just, again, I bring, I keep bringing this up. She shouldn't be there. She has to go. Like, uh, I mean, I don't know how many times we want to see that, see what, what she's doing and, you know, just accept this, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, Shahid Batar is running against her again, uh, as far as I know. <clears throat> Um, he he is going to challenge uh, Nancy Pelosi. He was, you know, uh, on the ballot next to her in 2020, and, and I hope uh, if he's on the ballot again next to her in 2022, that we'll we'll see a different result there. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has no mode other than tone deaf. Uh, it is yeah. it, it is he's not even a good politician. Um, I, you know, I, I I have I have actually been compelled to defend Nancy Pelosi over the last few days or so with this by saying simply this. In 1987, when she was elected, she was considered a progressive. She was, for what the spectrum was at that point, Nancy Pelosi was progressive. The problem is Nancy Pelosi is still living in 1987. That is the problem. So... she she doesn't she doesn't get it. She's she's eighty years old. She's the uh, uh, second 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 richest member of Congress uh, at this point, um, with Kelly Loeffler being <laughs> ousted. Um, but she she doesn't get it. She doesn't under she doesn't understand her community. Um, she doesn't understand uh, uh, what's really going on in this country. I don't think at all. I mean, she does within her political circles, but you know that that does, does not translate to uh, any meaningful change for the people who she is supposed to represent. Um, and I thought honestly when she when she said what she said there, I was like, Jesus, this could be an SNL skit, you know. That's that's uh, that's really? how bad this is. This I, is like I, this is like somebody's freaking you know uh, satire satire comedy writing or something like that. So 
you know, we, we can't we can't count on Nancy Pelosi. We can't count on uh, Chuck Schumer or Steny Hoyer or any of the other fossils who are there uh, who do who are not living in the modern age and who, and who are who are so out of touch. Uh, they can't understand the people that they are supposed to represent. Uh, just, just to just to answer that, these are the same people that said defund the police was a slogan, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's how, that's, a, that's how they view this. That's how they yeah. view this whole movement. Yeah, right. Yeah, and and I, and I gotta tell you, as, as, as somebody as a somebody candidate for office here, uh, I'm I'm sending out emails. You know, I'm sending out emails on topical issues uh, a, a, a few days a week, uh, and I sent something out on the. Uh, on the Chauvin trial, and I did talk about, you know, I'm very open about it uh, with defund the police. And I have somebody respond to me and going, "Well, you know, isn't isn't that language? You're just you're just not going to be able to sell that." I get what you're saying, but that language is just not going to fly with people. And you know, he was like, "What what do you think about divest from the police?" And I was like, "Listen, man, I say defund the police. I mean defund the police. And if we need to have a conversation about what that actually means, then let's have that conversation." Yeah, exactly. Because one, if you call it reform the police or deinvest the police or do all that jazz, if you change it, the politicians are going to decide what their definition of what that means. Defunding mm-hmm. the police is clear. It's 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 right to the point, and it's not a slogan. It's a policy demand. It's yep. legitimate policy, like Medicare for all. That's not a slogan for universal health care. That's a piece of legislation. Um, so I want to move on to another person's um, rhetoric, which is Don Lemon. Um, so after the Makai Bryant um, shooting, he had something interesting to say. People are anguished watching another video like this, and I get it. But even in our anguish, we cannot abandon the responsibility we have to be fair. And even while our hearts are hurting, we have to judge each incident based on what we see and the facts we know. When I look at this video, I see police responding to a dangerous incident where someone is armed with a knife. Police have walked up on a situation they need to figure out what's happening. Other lives are in danger. If we're going to discuss this case, we need to be honest and use our common sense. We cannot have a double standard. We have to acknowledge that police have jobs to do. All right. Okay, you want to judge it by the facts and what we saw? We saw one, but um, before, um, as the police officer was going, the teenager with the knife was screaming to for help because she was being attacked. Um, she is a minor. So clearly when you're in that situation, you're not going to be making the best decisions, right? Um, and again, if this were a white person, like Kyle Rittenhouse holding an AK, oh, no, no, uh, an AR-15, um, you don't see the same result with the two. You get Kyle Rittenhouse walking amongst them, getting water and snacks after his, uh, his killings. 
Micaiah killed no one and was shot four times. So anyone wants to jump in, please. Um, I, you know what, actually, I saw, uh, Jason, you actually made a good comment on Instagram about UK police and how they don't, they don't carry weapons. Um, uh, speaking from experience, UK has uh, her, quite a bad uh, knife crime epidemic right now, um, but you don't see cops killing people carrying knives. Why? Because they don't carry don't carry guns. But that's not the first instinct. The first instinct is not to go in and kill somebody for carrying a weapon. The first instinct is to disarm that person. That's the first instinct. That is that, and that's what should have happened. Like, like to to to, to give this a pass as to say anyone who carries a weapon is shoot first, ask questions later. Like that is not the correct way to police. That's yeah. not the correct way to handle a situation. Like, think about um, what school teachers and principals do in school, right? When you have a child who brings a knife into a classroom or whatever, what's their first instinct? It's to disarm that child or to to handle it in a more sane way. But but yeah. we're, 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 we're saying to people that cops have the right to shoot and ask questions Judge, later. Judge, jury, and executioner right on the spot. Yes. You know, yes. and I, it was it. It was seven sorry, seconds. No, I'm sorry. It was seven seconds uh, between him getting out of the car and and putting four bullets in Makia, and he had his weapon drawn almost instantly. Almost instantly, at getting out of that car, he 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 unholstered his weapon, and as soon as I saw him pull that weapon out, I knew he was going to use it. You know, yeah. and I'm like, why is that thing in his hand not a taser? Why is he not charging the girls himself, you know, and seeking to disarm them? I mean, that would be my instinct. You know, I, I would I would be, you know, uh, why not a warning shot? You know, how about you fire a shot over their head before, you know, you decide that the, the, the threat is such that you need to actually uh, kill somebody. But but as soon as he took that gun out of that holster, I said, that was it. That was it. He's unholstered his weapon. Bam. I knew it was, you know, you knew it was coming. You know, even though you already knew it was coming, just at that moment, I was like, well, that was it. That was it. He pulled his gun out. Because he, he, he had a gun to pull out, you know? So... I, I think I think we 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 are in the territory of at the very least we have got to disarm the police. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I, and I didn't mean to cut you off, Thomas. You may have more to say there. So sorry. I <laughs> so, want to ask Thomas. Um, <laughs> so what is? So people are like, okay, well, we, if we disarm the police, then. Um, there's going to be high crime or then they're not going to know how to deal with crime. How do they do it in the UK since they don't have um, armed police? Uh, so they have uh, basically the day-to-day -day police that you see on the street. Um, they, they just carry, usually they just carry um, a police baton and maybe... Uh, maybe a taser, but they don't. They don't. Re they rarely carry them as well. Um, what 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 happens in the UK is they have like a special um, tactical uh, unit. So if they do need someone out or a firearm, um, they they call a special unit in. Um, but 
Um, basically, like the way the way that it should be is, um, and what should happen is, you should resolve conflicts without resorting to violence. Like that that that's the whole point of de-escalation is that you prevent things getting worse. But and, and what I what I hear here very commonly is like we can't disarm the police here because we have guns on the streets, this means it puts cops at a higher um they could be more likely to get hurt on the line of duty, right? But the reality is is that what's happening right now the police are literally escalating something that could have been prevented. Like, you've led to someone dying because of your escalation. That, that's, that's what's happening right now. Um, and in moments like this, you have to ask the question, you know, what if we just took, took the weapon out of that police officer's hands or the ability to use a weapon and it might be very different but i also like to stress this because even if we didn't have guns police seem to keep killing people here even without weapons like yeah. they don't even need a gun in these cases i i think it's a cult it's a culture of policing here that's completely different like yeah. it's completely well, different the idea that just you can just go what... in and literally pull something Look, but look, look at what happened. Just uh, was was it the very next day in in North Carolina where police shoot? Uh, I believe his name was Anthony Brown, forty years old, uh, unarmed, um, father of ten, uh, and and he's driving away from a scene and is no threat to anybody. I mean, I think at the point where you're no threat to anybody, you know, we don't want to take your life. But the, but the choice of the police was to shoot him as he was driving away and being a no threat to anybody, you know? So just the idea, like, you know, this guy may be guilty of something, but he's trying to drive away, and so we're going to kill him to stop him from driving away? Like, what are our priorities here? You know? I mean, and, and, it, seems, and it seems like uh, almost the number one priority is the the police are entirely willing to use deadly force uh, in in virtually any situation, you know? Yeah. Um. Look, defund the police, abolish the police, cancel it. Can we return it? Did Did anyone save the receipt? You know. <laughs> We don't want the receipts. The receipts, the receipts of modern policing are rooted in systemic racism. You know, that's it's, they're rooted, they're rooted in white supremacy. They are the police are a tool of oppression. They are not a tool for public safety. Yeah. You know, that's I, that's what we've got to reckon with. Yeah. And I want to add I said, sorry. I was sorry, Greg. like, oh, did anyone save the receipt? Please return this. We don't want this. <laughs> um, but go ahead, Thomas. I was going to say, I want to add for people listening, this is not me saying that the UK police is somehow perfect or better. In fact, over the course of, uh, we had ourselves, we had a, a case of police brutality where, um, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the woman's name, who died. Um, it turns out a cop had killed her. Um, and they held a, a, a woman held a vigil for her. And the first thing he did was to beat the crap out of them. Yep, that was, right? I was that very was, recently. That was the response. And then during the Black Lives over the summer, they did the same thing. They rode on horses and literally trampled over people on horseback. 
Like that's what that's what the police did in the UK. So, so this isn't um, this isn't an isolated issue. I think it's just more it's more um, it's just more acceptable here in the US because a you have qualified immunity, so cops feel invulnerable. Um, you also have uh, a culture where it should shoot first, ask questions later, and you also have a culture where people just uh, you have a large portion of the population who who won't be rattled by it. Like they just they just accept this as like this is normal behavior. So, cult of police worship. That's what I say. Yeah. Cult of police worship. Segwaying yeah. onto that, um, do, this is my final question for for you two is. Do you think, just give me a straight up, do you think we can actually see some real change in our policing? No. 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 I, 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 um, sorry, Jay. So no, you go, so, you go ahead, Tom. You go ahead. Uh, um, I mean, like I said before, the statistic about only seven officers have been actually charged out of 1,500. Like, this is an anomaly, what happened with Chauvin. Like, this isn't the norm. Um, and I don't think... I don't think... Camp, like, the culture is so embedded in the police, like, the way that they, that they do things. Um, I just can't... You can't you can't reform something that is just so okay with just killing people on the spot every single day. Like they're so, they're so okay with it that they do it daily, even during a trial about police brutality. Right. So I don't know how I don't know how you can reform this, and I don't know how um, this changes because you've got you've got a Congress that just doesn't doesn't care <laughs> you know what i mean like it doesn't yeah care nothing about it. Vir virtually nothing has been done uh you know the george foley justice and police justice and policing act is is not uh what we would consider systemic reform of the police uh in in the way that it, that it really needs to happen um and and so you know as i said i'll say it again we've got this cult of police worship uh we we have been um propagandized uh, heavily, heavily propagandized. Um, it's, it's interesting, you know, so I'll, I'll, I'll tangent a little bit, but not really. Uh, it's interesting that a comment was, was, was made, um, recently, and I don't know who made it, but it was along the lines of, uh, the United States has accomplished everything that the Third Reich, uh, wanted to accomplish in a society, you know, uh, and, and we have, you know, this mass oppression, whether it's through uh, our economic system, healthcare, housing, or whatever, mass oppression of, of predominantly um, minority, marginalized communities. And we've got what is essential. We've got, we, we've got a, we've got a very um, um, controlled media, right? The, the, the bounds of the media are, are within very uh, strict parameters. It's like Noam Chomsky said, you know, you can have very lively debate within these parameters, but you step outside of these, these parameters, these capitalist parameters. And, you know, it's like you, you're, you're talking witchcraft. Um, and, and with policing, you know, we have, we have a surveillance state. It's, we've, we've had it written into our law since 2003 in the Patriot Act. Um, and, 
you know, the creation of the Department of Homeland Security and, and ICE. And, and we have we are we are ultra policed and we not just policed. We we have militarized police uh, and and the public has really come to accept that. I mean, we've been sort of slow cooked, uh, you know, the frog, the frog sitting in the in the the water that that slowly the, the heat gets turned up and turned up and you don't realize you've been cooked. And I think that's where we are. Um, with, with policing, we're just very, we've been propagandized for decades and decades and decades that the police are our friends, you know, and you talk to any, any defense lawyer out there, you know, who's really for systemic justice, um, and they'll tell you, don't talk to the police. The police are not your friends and they will never be your friends, you know, so good lawyers know that. Um, and, and we, it's very hard for our public being as propagandized as they as they are with this um, to break to break out of that box, and so they've come to accept uh, a lot that if you were reading about it in a novel, if you were reading about it in a George Orwell novel, you would say, "Oh, well, that's uh, that's not good," uh, and and yet here we are. You know, the reality is here we are. Yeah, well, I don't I don't know. If we can change it. Well. Honestly, I mean, this is me just being an optimist. If we we continue to elect the right people and um, making sure that you know our representatives are are held accountable and saying no, we need this and we want this, um, then maybe there can be some change made. I don't know, but I'm just an optimist. All right. Well, so, you got to keep fighting for it, regardless. Yes, exactly. Um, so I want to move on. Uh, this will be our last topic of the day. Um, so Caitlyn Jenner, the former Olympic gold medalist, um, announced Friday that she will be running for governor of California since Gavin Newsom is likely to face a recall election this year. So yeah, um, she later tweeted, Californians want better and need better for, I mean, from their politicians. Now, this is a woman who has voted nine times in the last 26 elections. Since the year 2000, she has only voted nine times and did not vote in the 2016 election. Also, she's just plain terrible. But, <laughs> like, all of a sudden, you know, that that's that's what really pisses me off about celebrity um, um politicians but um but thomas go ahead and give me your thoughts on this uh she'll probably win just because uh california is um it, it's just you know california elected uh, arnold schwarzenegger as governor i was gonna say yeah <laughs> you know like that like no like, this is you know this is how it's so embarrassing it is like like you know i i I said to uh, I said something because I don't know if you've seen. Also, Matthew McConaughey's been polling very highly as Texas as a Texas governor run. I don't know if you've seen that as well. I, I so, have seen that. So the United States has I don't know what it is, but you you have this um, like California's Hollywood, and people just for some reason adore Hollywood figures in California, and so anytime any of them run. It's like it's nearly like a slam dunk, nearly, you know, nine out of ten times. Um, so, I think, but for people listening, you know, uh, she uh, she's 
she's very much she's very much a Trump supporter, um, even though she maybe didn't outright say it a lot. Um, well, she was I active mean, on it, but like I think backpedaled a little bit because of his yes anti-trans position, right? Um, but yeah, but um, we're talking ho Hollywood. I mean, I would love if Sh if Shonda Rhimes ran for it. <laughs> as 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 Hollywood goes, I love her. But anyway, go on, Thomas. Um, I've done. I I read I read an article about it because I to get up to speed of it. Is she running as a Republican? Oh yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. So um, you know. It, and I read the article and she came out and said that she described herself as socially progressive but fiscally conservative, where we heard that before. It's like every Democrat. Literally every Democrat. And so so what you'll have is you'll have a lot of neoliberals that will probably vote for her because, you know, it's all about identity rather than substantive policy. Um, and... This is what it comes down. To. This is where we're at, uh, where I, you know, and it's good. At, unfortunately, this, this is, uh, you know, people forget that she committed literal manslaughter. She killed someone when uh, when driving. You know that, like, and, and not been held accountable for that ever this whole time. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Uh, my first reaction was, yeah, she'll probably win. Well, I, I don't know. I really think about that because, you know, a lot of LGBTQ activists, including Charlotte Clymer, um, called her out. It's like she's saying that she had no real support. I don't care about her candidacy, but I do care about the ways in which she uh, assigns her views and will be weaponizing against uh, trans people and the ways in which transphobia will be going unchecked. This is a purely, uh, this is purely a vanity campaign, and it's mm -hmm. incredibly uh, selfish. And I agree. I agree. This is a publicity stunt for her. Um, she literally has even said she doesn't believe in gay marriage. Yeah. Yeah. And it's disgusting. It's really disgusting. Um, just because. And, uh, and Democrats, um, you know, establishment type are saying this is wonderful. This is how we can cross the aisle. I don't want to cross the aisle with this woman. But Jason, go ahead and give me your, your thoughts on this. Uh, my thoughts are I am going to kick back with some popcorn and I'm not going to take this thing too seriously. Uh, and and it's not my state. Uh, so I... I, I don't know what to gauge it against, but going back to what Thomas said, uh, the first thing I think of is, uh, well, this is pretty much how you got Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's Caitlyn Jenner's destiny. Um, hope not. Uh, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I will watch, I will watch with some kind of amusement because, you know, California recalls are always a circus. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Jason. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone can be in Washington. <laughs> no, and not everybody should be in Washington. So everybody just stay right where you are. It's beautiful here, but, <laughs> but just for that you know, out there. 
But but you know, just just to add, you know, the the US has a celebrityism um worship culture. Like, you know, uh, the I don't know if you saw, but the rock polled highly for running for president. Like yep. nearly forty-five percent. Yep. You know, this this is where we're at. Like people forget Reagan was an actor. You know, did like but this is this is embedded. This isn't just California. This is embedded in the whole country that uh, celebrity. And what does that tell you? That people think a celebrity can do a better job than a politician, right? Because of how bad politicians have been in terms of policy, in terms of helping people. Well, you'll you you find you find that the right wing routinely tells um, you know left-wing actors that they should shut up and stick to acting right. uh but but when it's on their own side which is actually uh realistically very rarely because most hollywood types are, on, are more on the left but you know uh, there's 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 a little bit of hypocrisy there going on mm -hmm. with, with that yeah what what i find it hard like not hard to believe but like is that um once i know like an actor is like right wing. I cancel them. I'm like, oh hell no. Um, some people like they may, may not share the same views, but they still support them. And I'm just like, I don't understand why people do that. Ah! I'm the same way. Like, like I could, I, I, I love the movie Braveheart, but after Mel Gibson went <laughs> went full anti semite, I'm like, I have a hard time watching this movie. <laughs> you know. I know there are some things I just can't watch anymore. <coughs> when I, uh, I'm a big um, Charmed fan, and when I watch the original Charmed, I'm like, and, and I watch Alyssa Milano, I'm like, I used to love you. Uh, but anyway, well, that concludes another episode of OK Now What. Thank you for tuning in. Again, we are uh, we release weekly episodes on Saturdays on Spotify. Our social media is in the description below. Check us out and just follow us, share us, like us, please. <laughs> um, all right, y'all. Take care and good night.